Welcome to Skid Mark Show, America's favorite show about cars, rock stars, and the stars that drive cars. And sometimes about rock stars and stars in cars. Starring your host, Jeff Allen, from CNBC's The Car Chasers and the World Air Guitar Championships. And Ethan D., a professional groupie and soloist in his seventh grade choir recital. Join us in our misadventures as we go streaking across America. Powered by Bill. Hey, this is Chris Jericho from Fozzie, and you're listening to Skid Marks, the best show on the planet. Really? Hey, what's up? This is Neil Sanderson from Three Days Grace, and you are listening to Skid Marks Show. Hey, guys, it's Al Petrelli from the Trans-Siberian Orchestra, and you're listening to the Skid Marks Show. Hey, it's Ethan D. Welcome to Skid Marks Show. We took over the Shell Pioneering Performance Live Stage at SEMA in Las Vegas this year, and this is the second episode from the Shell Pioneering Performance Live Stage. We had so many huge celebrities joining us on stage that we even asked some of them to help us host for a while. In the next segment, world champion racer and host of Top Gear USA, Antron Brown joins Jeff on stage, along with Don Hardy, the Ring Brothers, and Kenny Hawk from Roadhawks. All right, Antron, come in here and have a seat. All right, all let's, right. Let's talk, uh, let's switch gears here for a minute. Let's talk about uh, Top Gear America. Top huh? Gear, Top Gear. You yeah. Know, Top Gear was a lot of fun, you know, because, you know, I drag race for a living, but I got to tear up a lot of street cars. I didn't have to fix them. Oh, that is nice. That is a nice you feeling. Know? Yeah. You, know? you didn't have to pay for them or anything. No, no. And, uh. I could tell you right now, I drove everything from a Lamborghini to a 1985 Ford Thunderbird Deeper. <laughs> How many were running when you were done? Most, all of them were running when I was done. But whether they could steer left or right, that's a different story. <laughs> they could go straight, though. Oh. Which is what you're really good at. Well, people only think that I'm, Jeff, people think I'm only good at going straight. Yes. Until they get me on a go-kart track. Oh, you tear you know, it up? Where's Michael at? Michael out here, he has a go-kart deal we go to all the time. And people don't realize that I grew up racing motocross, and I grew up racing go-karts. Oh, nice. A lot of people never knew that. I so, didn't know that either. Before I ever drag race. So when they always talk about me making left and right turns, like I did a Toyota celebrity race for Toyota. Went out there, and during the race, I dropped low ET laps time out of everybody. Out of all the professional drivers and everything, they are like, you're only supposed to go straight. I said, brother can turn left and right. Wow. You know, I can turn left and right when I want to. <laughs> <laughs> now, on a personal level, I hear you're really into baked goods. Because I hear that's part of your new diet. It's not part of my diet, but baked goods is like, you know, when you have a bad day and you want to make it right, yeah. you get a baked good with a little vanilla ice cream and it makes the whole day better. Okay. But I happen to have a lot of those days. <laughs> well, I heard something about you were in the drive-thru recently. Drive-thru? Yeah, I heard about a drive-thru incident where the, you had an option of cookies or chips. <laughs> Who told you about that? I just hear these things, you know, it just comes out left and right. Who told you about that? I don't know. I can't tell. Hey, I can tell you one thing. i never forget. We went to a sandwich shop. I got me a sandwich, right? Right. And I didn't get the chips. I got the cookies. Right. And my teammate literally looked at me and told me, A.B., you're eating cookies. You got to have something a little bit more healthier for you. Like, look what I got. She looked, at, she looked at me. She goes, I got baked chips. I said, well, my cookies are baked too. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it makes sense to right? me. Right? right? They're all baked. It's baked. It wasn't like my cookie was rye. Oh, right. right? <laughs> All right, Antron, we're going to bring up our first guest, so you got to come over here in the host chair. Oh, let's go. Yeah, you got to switch gears real quick. All right. Don Hardy, how are you doing? Nice to meet you, brother. Doing Sit good. down. Sit down. Talk about the world of racing, huh? We've, we're sitting up here with uh, our NHRA superstar, Antron Brown, and the new host of uh, Top Gear America. Absolutely. You know, now, we like watching him every weekend and going fast and making everybody, you know, all the NHRA fans love seeing that. Yeah. Sweet. Definitely. Now, you have a little bit of history in the racing world. Well, my dad, you know, built pro stock drag race cars and mm -hmm. started out doing funny cars from 65 to 85. And then we kind of switched over to doing engine stuff. And uh, I run our LS 
engine program there at Fulladata, and uh, we still do um, you know some streetcar stuff for ourselves. And uh, he's still big doing doing a Bonneville uh, soft flat car for ourselves that he's building, and um, so that'll be that'll be neat, kind of going back in history since I missed a bunch of that growing up with him. So I bet I bet you that's some hard shoes to fill because I got to tell you. Uh, during the third season of our show, The Car Chasers on CNBC, we threw a party, a grand opening party, and your father showed up there, and it blew my mind, because growing up as a kid, and my dad as a diehard, he, you know, a lot of people will skip certain things to watch football. My dad skips anything to watch drag racing. Right, right? exactly. And he had me drag racing before I had a driver's license. That's what he <laughs> wanted me to do. And because he grew up in West Texas, Don Hardy was the man. You right. know, and it was, it was yes. the thing, you know, he was talking about that. So your dad's here today, right? He's not here. He's back at home. Oh, he, so he, he's he didn't, back at he home. He didn't come out. He no. didn't come. Okay. No. Nope. I thought, because I knew I saw his display and I knew right. that, yeah. So you guys are out here yes. representing. Yep. Cool. Yep. And so what do you got going on in your booth? Uh, we got LS motors that we build, uh, billet products, and um, just kind of, we do a turnkey uh, LS performance motor and we've got that stuff displayed inside and um you know, all the trick stuff that we make. Cool. You know, tell us a little bit about that LS engine. Like, so it's a turnkey package. What kind of power that you're putting out of those? We make anywhere from 550 to 1,000, depending on supercharged or not. And uh, the two packages we have inside, one's a 550 and one's a 620 horse motor. And that's okay. the two most popular ones that we sell. For sure. A lot of, a lot of, street, a lot of street and strip rides with those. Yep, absolutely. Reliable too, very reliable. Yep, yep. Get in and beat on them every day, and and still still have the reliability. Now, being that your dad was so fast and so in tune with everything that was going on, when you were getting ready to get your first car, let's talk about that for a minute. Actually, my first car was one of our. Uh, we did, you know, he did the V8 Vega kits, and he did a S10 V8 kit. And my first truck was an S10 with a V8 in it. Oh, nice. So, yeah. <laughs> that had to rock and roll. So that was pretty cool, yeah. Just kind of fell right into that. And um, it was kind of one of those deals where they built one to go out and look at for question and answering. And um, so it was, it was really good timing. What year was that S10? Uh, 86, 87, somewhere around there, or even yeah, that, that er, truck, early 90s? I think Eighty, I want to say eighty-six. Yeah. So uh, to fill Antron in on in West Texas, uh -huh. that little area up there of Lubbock and Floydata and all that of all these street racers out there, Jackie Myers is running around and he's been featured in Hot Rod magazine. Still has the same car that he raced yeah. back in the day, you know. But right. the the cool thing about growing up in that area is you could take a new car and drop an LS7 with twin turbos on it, and uh, you know it's street legal. There's, yeah. there's no smog requirements there in West Texas, not yet, anyway. No, if you can do no. whatever you want to. So you see some of the strangest stuff coming out of the Lubbock area <laughs> because there's no restrictions. No, we, we, we had that in Jersey, too. Oh, did Trust you? Trust me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. That's only on the West Coast that you get all that stuff. Oh, is that the deal? That's the okay, deal. That's, right. the deal. <laughs> That's the deal. Well, that in, in you know, Houston now and Dallas is getting into the, some of the smog stuff, making it a little tougher, but uh, to modify yeah. that stuff. That's why I keep switching back. I just built a 63 Ford Falcon for the show, and I went to that because I was like, there's no requirements. 63 is exempt. Get away with it, whatever yeah, you get want. Get away with whatever. So what is your daily driver, Anton? My, my daily driver is a, actually I have a Lexus RCF. It's a little, little eight-cylinder, you know, but I want to put a supercharger on it, and I know they make one for it. Let's do it. You know what I mean? It's, it's a little 4.7 liter. It makes about 470, about 470 horsepower right now. It's a fun little, fun little ride, but besides why I don't want to drive my car when I'm, I'm driving a Tundra pickup truck, which has a Whipple supercharger on it. Oh, nice. You know, I got about 550 horsepower. Wow. In my pickup. So when I pull up next to, like, you know, those Chevys and Fords, they look at me. I was like, they think it's just a normal 5.7 liter until they hear that whistle when I step on that gas pedal a little bit. You know what I mean? Well, if you're going to have something, you got to have fun with That's it. That's right. Who wants something like, you had an S10. Yes. S10, and you had a little LS engine in it, didn't you? Back then, it was a small block. Small block? Would you have about 350? 
355? Probably. Or 327. You know? So now what are you driving? Now I've got my daily driver is a 2016 uh, Chevrolet. I drive back and forth to work. Oh, okay. So not a not a hot rod by any means, but we, with we, with we, all those toys, you don't have something. We've got we've got tons of stuff. You know, I've got a '57 150 car. That oh, nice. Going to put a chassis in a blown LS. Like a Black in. Widow. Yep. Oh, nice. And um, it's like work has gotten in the way of our play stuff. All right, <laughs> Donald. Thank you so much for being here. Tell your father yep, we said thank hello. You guys. Next up, we have oh, yeah. the Ring Brothers. Oh, yeah. Anybody seen yes. any of the Ring Brothers rides? Oh, yeah. Style. Oh, man, you're even in matching shirts, Style. guys. Look this is that. awesome. How you doing, fellas? All right. How are you doing, guys? Good. Good. Go ahead and have a seat. Oh, Sit down. Man. You guys, this time you brought a javelin, right? Ooh, I've, been, right. I've been watching it. I've been Beautiful. keeping an eye on you because these guys build some sick rides. Beautiful. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but if you take a look over here at Pennzoil's yes. booth, you guys did the Pantera a few years ago, yep. and obviously that relationship has grown. You came out here to do the Javelin. Let's talk about that build. You know, I think everybody that knows these Javelins, they're, they're pretty ugly cars. Um, they were built in Kenosha, Wisconsin. We're from Wisconsin. <laughs> we uh, then began, you know, tried to take uh, what we thought was the ugly out of the car, and uh, it's sitting. We're going to unveil it this afternoon in the Prestone booth. We're awesome. pretty excited for people to see it. Nice. Now, this is going to be the first time everybody's going to take a look at it, because you obviously snuck it in, undercover, nobody's seen it. Is there any spy photos out there? There is. I have one in my pocket. Oh, you do? And you're yeah. not going to share with us? Yeah, I'll share it with you. Oh, okay. You're <laughs> going to share with us. You know, when, you, when you say take the ugly out of it, what's the ugly? Uh, the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> now, the, the front end in those cars are ridiculous. Yes. That they have so much. We're talking about the 72s, not the... 68 to 70 because they're okay. pretty cool they're nice 71 74 they got a really long nose on them and we actually moved the wheels six and a half inches forward and Whoa. shortened that front end up quite a bit okay so did you guys you wanted an extra challenge by going with that year or was that something from the you know this actual car i used to uh change oil in it and wash it when i was a little kid well 12 14 and uh, last time the oil was changing this car was 77, and I did it at my brother's gas station. Wow. So yeah. it's, wow. it's the car I fell in love with. And back then, the super late models, there was a racer called Tom Refner back in Wisconsin, and he dominated with since Dick Trickle and all of them. He just dominated with this AMX Javelin. It's AMX. I just fell in love. That's cool. So then when this project came about, you were just like, oh, I'm all about this. We're all in. I already know which car. I've got it. Yeah. You know, this car, we grew up in a town of 600 people, and uh, it was one of the coolest cars in town. Not a now, lot of cars in 600, you know, a town of 600. Now, obviously, the last day of SEMA, I mean, you got Friday, you got the Ignited, and I'm sure you guys are flying home, what, Friday night, Saturday, something like that? Saturday. Yep. Yep. So do you start figuring out next year's on Sunday? <laughs> huh? I don't know, man. I, I just, some of the, the things you come up with are just mind-blowing, and it has to take time. You just oh, yeah. don't build that in a normal SEMA crunch time. Well, we've got a great designer. His name is Gary Ragel. Um, he sure helps the process, plus the group of guys and girls we got at our shop. It's, uh, it's kind of easy when you got the good people. you got the right people. So how long did this build take you? We've been working on that for over a year. There's probably... Oh, it's actually under a year. Well... When we actually it's over or car. under yeah over. Yeah. Well, <laughs> i guess i'm including actually acquiring the car and having it at the shop but yeah it was it was a total work process it was under a year but you guys bring up um your your teams and i gotta say you know you and i with this brand behind us and your teamwork every day you get out there and you get the glory when you win you know but the guys behind you oh, is, is, is the teamwork and you brought it up here too and it's the same with us you know, I believe that you're only as successful as the team that's with you. That's correct. They can make or break you. Yep. And uh, you guys put out some incredible cars. I mean, Thank it's you. unbelievable. My hat's off to you. I mean, every time I hear you guys enter the Battle of the Builders, I'm like, well, there, there goes my chance. <laughs> I'm done. I don't even want to try at that point, you know, when you hear the Ring Brothers are jumping in. So uh, it's going to be impressive to see this car. Let's let everybody know that's standing out here where to see the car, what time. 
Uh, we have an availing this afternoon in the Prestone booth, which is in the North Hall, uh, and that's at 3.30 this afternoon. 3.30 this afternoon. Yep. And if you're I'm, wondering what color it is, kind of. Yeah. It's the kinda, shirt's a yeah. hint? It might yes. be, be kind of close to this color. <laughs> is it the pattern, too? Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> is that the interior? Yeah. Is that part of the interior? Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to, I'm trying to get it out. <laughs> is there got something that suede on those shoes? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, talk to me. Oh, yeah. Wow, look at those socks. We, yeah, got, we got the sock scary game socks. Going on. Happy Halloween. <laughs> wow, look at this. I mean, I brought my socks. What did you bring, Antra? I got low cut. Oh, See, that's skin, baby. Yeah. That's skin. Let's hear it for the Ring Brothers, right. ladies and gentlemen. Right. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Nice to meet you. We've got a guy that's really into Jeeps. Really? Yeah, have you seen that new show on TV about Jeeps? And this guy modifies them and builds them. He goes kind of crazy. Just a little bit crazy, too, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah. Yeah, a little, oh, a little way over crazy. the top. It's a little bit crazy, right? So we're going to introduce <laughs> Kenny Hawk. Kenny, come on up, Kenny. All right. How you doing, sir? Doing great. Hawk Glad Designs. To be nice to meet you, brother. You? Pleasure. All right, go ahead and have a seat real quick. We'll, we'll get to the drag racing part in a minute. But right. Let's talk about Jeeps for a minute. Yeah. When did the passion start with the whole Jeep thing? Because I noticed it's your niche. It really is. Yeah, I mean, with the, the ultimate go-anywhere vehicle, right? Mm -hmm. So you can... Daily drive it, but it can take you to amazing places. So it became one of the most accessorized vehicles in the world. Oh, yeah. You know? So it was a natural fit. I, I wanted parts for my Jeep, and I couldn't find what I wanted. So I started fabricating them in my parents' garage. Really? Yeah. Just started, uh, taught myself how to weld, watching YouTube videos. Uh-huh. Bought a little secondhand welder and just started. You just Googled parts. it. Yes. So did you I love that about you. You learn how to TIG weld or MIG weld first? MIG weld. Absolutely. Okay. All right. I'm just making sure I'm looking at like Now I saw the I think I saw the first episode of your show where you actually were living in a trailer, right? With the with the deck out there cuz you'd put all the money into the business. <laughs> Absolutely. Right? I still live in that trailer. Well, that, there you go. Hey. I mean, you're you're I I would live in my shop if MIG would let me. I like to sleep next to my cars. We have uh, a 10,000 square foot shop and about a 300 square foot living area. That's perfect. Hey. That's all a man needs. That's all you need. You just need right? to lay down. Yeah, every time I buy a building, Meg says to me, you're like a fish. You grow to the size of your aquarium. You know? <laughs> how big is your aquarium? Right yeah. now it's 12,000 square feet. Yeah, see, that's, look how tall you got. Yeah, but you know what I did? I was really smart, Antron. You like this. I, I went to the folks at Binpack Lifts. Uh -huh. And I said, how about we just double deck everything in there boom, boom, so I can boom. stack the cars up? Huh? Yes, yes. Yes. That way I don't get in trouble or need a bigger building. Yeah. They, they, when we were filming the television show, they said that I was going to my dressing room, but it was the size of a dressing room, but it's where, where we live during the filming, you know? So, hey, we keep things simple on the personal side so that we can put everything we have into what we do. You had a beautiful deck. Yeah, I like the deck that was built on the show. I don't know if you saw the show, but I was like, man, they're, they, I mean, they're out there. They got the little fire going. I mean, it was pretty. It's a really pretty setting. Yeah, so for those of you that don't know, explain your show. Explain how it got started, what channel you're on, all that good stuff. Well, we started uh, becoming known for building theme vehicles. Okay. Uh, taking something iconic out of American history, something that people love or inspired by, and then rolling that into the vehicle, not just with like paint, but mm -hmm. actually taking parts of the past and putting them in the vehicle. Okay, so what is your most rememberable <clears throat> build that you've done that really sticks out to you? Say, so, you know what? This right here, this process and this build is something that sticks out that you say, you know what? This is, this is my work of art, Al, all the builds you've done. Well, this year in the Central Hall, in the mm -hmm. Amsoil booth, we have the Tomahawk, okay. which uh, has real World War II airplane gauges, steering yokes, um, all kinds of parts out of original World War II airplanes that are functional and used in the vehicle. There's over wow. 3,400 real aluminum rivets uh, done just the style of an aluminum skin on one of those airplanes. So that's kind of what got us known for doing that. But I have to say that our, our biggest build to date has been our steam-powered 6x6. Steam? Steam-powered. 
steam powered. So who are you building that for, Jay Leno? Right. Well, he's seen it. He's seen it. Yeah. Um, he loves steam. Yes, he does. I don't know why, but he does. He loves steam. A few months ago, we actually raced the locomotive with our steam powered six by six Jeep, and it was just awesome. It was amazing. You know, it's there's just plumes of steam everywhere. It's just crazy. It's intense. It's exciting. And yeah, we won. So it's kind of like a big, it's like a big water heater, right? I mean, explain yeah. how that works for anybody, because a lot of people out there weren't born when steam was was making its comeback. You know what right. I mean? Right. So I mean, I, I yeah, I know when Jay Leno sits there and talks about the steam and how he works it and yeah. all that, I'm just lost. There's no new advancements in steam hey, technology. No. Let me tell you, anybody who knows anything about steam, they're they're usually very old. And uh, they're just passionate about it because it's, it's just really exciting and cool to see it come to life. So, uh, yeah, you heat up water, you create, you create a, a lot of pressure. Pressure. You know, and old lo steam locomotives run at about 150 PSI. Mm -hmm. We're running about 900 PSI. Ooh. So a lot of pressure uh, to create the horsepower that we need to, to move this vehicle and go wherever we want to go in it. What kind of quarter mile times is it doing? <laughs> I don't know the quarter mile times, but... Uh, I know that we had it up to about 50 miles an hour, and it felt like we were blasting off to the moon at 50 miles an hour. But the, the cool part with the steam power, did it produce a lot of torque? Did you notice any torque in it? Even though you didn't have the speed, but you actually had some, you had some grunt. Yeah, we estimated about 150 horsepower, but 2,000 foot-pounds of torque. See, double the torque over horsepower. Oh, wow, double torque horsepower. That's crazy. And that that 2,000 foot-pounds of torque is right at, like, one RPM. Yeah. As soon as you give it steam, when it goes through that, that engine, it's the push the full stroke. It's not like combustion. It's yeah. just a tremendous amount of power. Have you ever tried rock climbing that Jeep like that? We actually had it out in Moab, and we were with Rick Payway, uh -huh. you know, and we were doing a full feature on it for the magazine, and we just were glad we didn't kill Rick Payway. <laughs> you know, we didn't want to kill a living legend with our steam-powered Jeep. But, yeah, it, it can go wherever you point it. Do you like rock climbing? Man, I'm, I'm into everything. Are you really? Oh, yes, I am. I'm, I'm just, uh, a lot of people think I race all the time, but I build a lot of stuff. I mean, from the ground up. I mean, I know how to TIG weld. I know how to machine. I draw stuff up on CNC machines, help design the stuff that we race and that we do today. No are you way. Looking, oh, yeah. Are you looking for a job? Oh, yeah, I can do a little bit of everything. Hey. Is he looking for a job? <laughs> hey. <laughs> this I'll, guy's a busy man. I know. Hey, hey, hey. I'll have 14 jobs. I'll be the busiest Jamaican you ever see in your life. <laughs> if I have more hours in the day. Kenny, thank you so you. much for being on the show. Awesome. Hey, we appreciate hey, it. Right don't tell nobody else I taught you that. All right. Nobody's, Stevie done nobody's saw my it. secret. He done awesome. saw my secret. One eye. Thanks, man. <laughs> Anytime. Okay. So let's get back to this one eye deal. Yeah. Real quick, because uh, I've never heard of that. Let me, what's, the, what's the rationale there? Well, what happens is when you look at both eyes, you, you see the tree better. And what it does is it kind of gets you antsy. So when you take a little bit of that vision away, it slows you down just a hair. Okay. You know what I mean? See, he did the same thing, but he went from 002 negative to 006 green. Yes. You know? He cut a good light. Yes, he did. He, he was did. on time. He was. But a full tree is the hardest tree to cut a light on, Jeff. Hardest tree. Is it, is it the best one to practice, though? No, or do you need what, to practice well, on the pro tree? You need to practice what you're going to do. Right. So me being a pro racer, I do pro tree all the time. Right. I don't practice full tree because I'm not a bracket racer. I, I used to be a bracket racer, but not no more. Well, what's your best reaction time that you've cut on a tree this year, this season? This season in top fuel, my best reaction time is probably like a 030, something like 038, 034. Because a top fuel car reacts slow because we don't leave – with the clutch in, we leave literally holding the brake back and hitting the gas pedal. So basically, you got to let the butterflies open. It's got to get fuel, go through the clutch, and move. So we're the slowest reacting vehicles out there, top fuel and funny car. Pro stock car, pro stock bike. Right. Bam, I race pro stock bike. Yes. I, cut, I had, in one race, I cut a perfect light, 001, 001, and perfect light in the final. Wow. In one race, but that's pro stock bike. That's bike. That's instant. That's instant. right there. A, a three-foot clutch, and you're leaving at 10,000 RPM. Ba -da 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 -da. Boom, and you're gone. Do you miss those days? Bikes were fun. 
but it's nothing like a top fuel car. Nothing like a fuel car. Right. Nothing like it. You're talking about 12,000 horsepower, 16,000 foot-pounds of torque. When you step on the gas pedal in 0.8 of a second, you're going 100 miles an hour. 100 miles an hour, whether you like it or not. 0.8 of a second. 0.8. Okay. You step on it, boom. You, went, you let off, you went 100 miles an hour. Wow. That's, you know? And you do this every week. I do it all the time. I tell people all the time that those cars accelerate so fast when I step on the gas pedal. For a split second, I leave all my color behind. I know what it feels like <laughs> to be a white man like you. And then once I hit the parachute, I'm dark and lovely again, baby. Dark and lovely. Well, that's because you're faster right? than electricity. I'm already back. I went to the bathroom. You didn't even know it, did you? I didn't. I didn't. See that? That's Guys, it. it's been such a pleasure to have Antron Brown on stage with me. Thank you guys you check him out Thank on so much. Top Gear America and also at any drag race strip in the nation every week. Yes, Jeff. Yes. It's been a pleasure, man. Yes. Priest, I want, I want to be a guest on your show one day and just hang out. You can, anytime. I just want to hang out because I, I see the stuff you do and I love it. Well, you know at 4 o'clock we're meeting again. We're, we're doing 5 o'clock somewhere right up here. Yeah, we're doing 5 o'clock somewhere in there together, right? Yeah, yeah. We're going to have a good time. Like with a beer or something else like that? Anything you want, sir. Even if you want right. diet soda because your wife called and told me you're on a diet. No, I don't drink diet soda. Oh, you don't? Yeah, no, no, no? I don't. Okay. You know, when you talk about SEMA, you know the biggest names in everything automotive are going to be there. And Shell and Pentoil have the biggest and best champion drivers in the Shell and Pentoil family. And joining Jeff and myself in just one afternoon on stage, the live stage at SEMA, is Matt Hagen, Vaughn Gittin Jr. and Chelsea Denofa, and NASCAR champion Joey Logano. For racing fans, it just doesn't get any better than this. Let's get a guest on stage. Let's do it. All right. How about celebrity superstar pro drag driver Matt Hagen? Uh, as Jeff told you yesterday, we, we both appreciate that your car is here still covered in winning. Yeah, man. It's got the, uh, you know, the, I guess the lucky dust on it, man. You know, yes, it's, it does. Yeah, it's, it's good. You know, it's hard to, hard to wipe off luck when, you, when it takes so long to get it, you know. Are you going to take that actual car back out uh, for another run, or is that one just sort of retired for display now? I think we're done with that one for the year right now. Uh, we, uh, we'll have one more race left and then uh, roll right into uh, next year and, and, you know, testing and everything else. So, uh, obviously, we have uh, multiple sponsors and uh, multiple bodies that we run. So, uh, you know, you swap them out, and sometimes you don't even know which fire suit to put on, man. Yeah. Really? It gets that confusing. <laughs> well, not well for me, I guess, maybe. <laughs> Do you have a professional sticker applier that has to put all your sponsors on there, make sure they yeah, get everyone? Yeah, man, we do. You know, it's, it's these things, you know, they pitch a six-foot flame out the side of them at night. Well, at every run, it's just you can see them at night. And, uh, you know, the deal is, is like it burns the stickers off of them and stuff, you know. So there's a guy going around and uh, putting a lot of that stuff on there. And But a lot of our bodies are already mocked up and everything's, you know, good to go. But... It melts some stuff back through there, man. I mean, it's like I said, a six, eight foot flame comes out of these things. Walk us through fun. Sunday because, you know, obviously you took home the win. How was that? How, I mean, how was that stacking up into the semifinals? Well, you know, I mean, we kind of hit a dry spell for a little bit. We won uh, like three races right off the bat at the beginning of the year and the car was running really well. And then you start getting into some of these hotter races and, you, you know, your tune up in your combo starts changing a little bit. And then the next thing you know, you kind of, man, we're not winning races anymore, you know? So, uh, you know, we had to go do some adjustments and, uh, you know, really kind of the crew chief tinker with some stuff with some clutch discs. We brought a new car out and then didn't like all that, so we brought our old car back out and, you know, back and forth. Anyway, a lot of testing in play, and, uh, you know, we finally got a, a combo that was uh, really going down the racetrack and running good. So uh, we rolled into uh, Vegas here, and, man, qualifying was awesome. And when we had, a uh, you know, the only car that went down the racetrack all four sessions in qualifying – and uh, it's just clicking along and going good, and, and you just kind of get that feel, you know what I mean? Like, man, we got a we got a good tune up, we got a good hot rod, you know, and then the pressure's on you as a driver, like don't mess it up, you know. So, um, you know, it just kind of was clicking, and the day was going good, and it was just it was just chill, you know. I mean, I didn't have any stellar lights. I mean, they were they're 070 lights in a funny car, and I mean, it's it, you know that's not stellar, but it's not bad, and uh, you know, I just we're just consistent. The car was running the numbers all all weekend, and uh, we just kept kept you know clicking it off, man. How did this all start? I mean, walk us back to the beginning. I mean, did you just, yeah. I mean, n nobody just 
comes up and says, I want to be a race car driver from the beginning. No, man. It kind of started for me, like, just on a local drag strip. Uh, I didn't even have a car or any or junior dragster or nothing like that. I had uh, had a had a guy that brought me out. He had a, actually owned a car now. Um, it was a 69 Dart. And, uh, man, that thing, it had a, a three-speed Liberty in it. And when you dump the clutch on it, you know, the bumper would drag, you know. And, and that's kind of, I guess, the, what they say, how it's called drag racing because, you know, it drags the bumper as you go down through there. But it was just amazing. I was like, oh, my God, that's awesome, you know, and 13 years old, you know. And, and so uh, I was like, I want to do something like that, you know what I mean? And uh, so they had these little four-wheeler drags on Thursday nights, man. And I had a quad, so I entered my quad and, uh, and you know, signed you a little waiver. And my parents signed them a little waiver, you know. And, and uh, <laughs> beginner's luck or what, man, I, I went to the final. I didn't win the first time. I won like 130 bucks, you know, and I was just like, I can make money doing this. Hey, let's do this, you know. So, uh, you know, then you know, evolution, man. You you know, we you just start, you know, with a, a street car, and then you know, you're moving to different things. And uh, I started doing some outlaw, like you know, pro mod racing on tracks that I shouldn't be at. That cars that had way too much horsepower, and you know, I wrecked a few of them. And I'm like, man, I mean, I was making good cash money every weekend, you know, enough to to uh, to you know, being 17, 18 years old, that you're thinking you're making a lick, man. You know, I mean. We just, I was pulling down, you know, six, eight grand a weekend of cash, you know. And oh, nice. Yeah, that kind of wow. stuff. So I was like, well, I, I'm going to try to make make something happen here and start doing this. And well, then, you know, obviously, you want if you want to do it for a long time, you're going to have to have some sponsors. So um, I got with a guy by the name of Evan Knoll, and uh, he had Torco Race Fuels. And at the time, I didn't I didn't know it, but, he, I mean, he was sponsoring some other cars out in NHRA. And this dude was handing out money like it was growing on trees, you know, and and uh, he had this little fuel business and seemed legit, you know. And uh, he, he gave, you know, I mean, I guess basically he sponsored me like six, eight hundred thousand dollars, you know, run a pro mod for about a year and a half, two years. And calls me up one time and says, That's great. And, you know, the pro mod stuff's good, but I want you in a fuel funny car. And I said, Well, Mr. No, I don't know if I want to go that fast, you know. And he's like, Well, here's the deal, man. You know, I'm going I'm to pay for this deal. You, uh, you get all the parts and pieces and get out there and get your license and do that. And, and uh, so he stroked me a big old fat check for about three and a half million dollars and went on and did that deal. Well, wow. Yeah. Right. And how's it that easy and simple? Well, it's not. Well, what happened was this cat had embezzled about seventy eight million dollars from the government. So <laughs> I was like, Ouch. wow, that's why he's giving away like it's raining on trees, you know. But uh, so I was like, whoa, you know, and, and so, you know, kind of obviously worried that they're because uh, I don't spend everything on racing, you know. And and uh, but it was cool. I mean, I got my start out there like that. And uh you know, thanks to our our taxpayers, I guess, man. But uh, it uh, it was just a wild deal. But the uh, then Don Schumacher came over out, qualified some of his cars at Indy, uh, our biggest race of the year. And uh, you know, basically he comes strolling through my pit, and he's like, "Who are you?" You know, and and uh, I was pretty young at the time, and and Gary Selzy was retiring, so uh, basically he was like, "I got a I got an open seat, man." And he said, "Need a driver?" And he said, "If you can bring something to the table, and you know, try to work us some sponsorship stuff." Uh, We'll see what we can do. And one thing led to another. And, you know, I'm flying into Richmond and inking a three-year deal with Don. And it's just been straight to the top since. Nice. That is amazing. That's man. a great story, that man. Is. How do you uh, decompress after weekends like that? Because those weekends have got to weigh down on you, not just the G-forces in the car, but just in general. Well, you know, the thing is, like, what we do is four seconds, man. You know, it's not that intense. I mean, it's intense, but it's like, you know, you got a lot of time out of the car. And the thing is, you're dealing with people more than you're, you're dealing with the race car, really, you know, and, and, and everything that we do is so adrenaline driven, man. And, and you're, you know, you're gripping, gripping hands and, you know, talking to people and, and sponsors and TV and, you know, the media and then just making sure that you're still driving the car. So yeah, there's a lot going on, you know, behind the scenes and different things like that. And then you're still trying to put deals together for B2B business and different things like that with different sponsors. And, uh, you know, so when I get back home, it's it's really kind of for me. I, I farm, you know, and uh, I just get on the tractor, throw my phone in my truck, and you know, disconnect from the world a little bit, man. You know, and it, it's kind of like my therapy, I guess. You know, it keeps me sane. Are you so an you, adrenaline junkie? Do you go and do crazy stuff? I wouldn't say adrenaline junkie, man. I just like you know to have fun. I'm I'm down for anything. You know, I've skydived, drove monster trucks, uh, drove drag boats, uh, you know, drove circle track asphalt, uh, sprint late models. Uh, you, I mean, you name it, I'll try it. Uh, I'm not saying I'm great at it, but it's it's cool to try, you know. And uh, so I don't I don't know about adrenaline junkie, but I just I'm down for about anything, man. Yeah. So basically, for you, it's race on Sunday, and then farm on Monday. <laughs> well, I wish we got home on Monday, but uh, yeah, pretty much, man. You know, it's like anything you uh, 
you know, it's still a business. You know, I, I still have to, to, you know, make a profit. You know, it's not a hobby farm. You know, right. I got about 2,100 acres and 700 and I got to give or take a few mama cows, you know. And, and so we got a lot of mouths to feed and a lot of hay to put up and, you know, a lot of work to do. But, uh, you know, you just make it work. And, you know, it's just something I enjoy doing, man. I mean, I'm not out here, you know, making millions of dollars farming, but beat out a good living with it. And uh, it pays for itself. And I'm buying a bunch of land and it's enabled me to do that. And. And I get to come in and, you know, put a mouthpiece in and pull a helmet down on, on you know, Friday, Saturday, and Sundays, man, and, and just kind of get it all out, you know, so it just works. So that first time you hopped in your first funny car, right? Talk, walk yeah. us through that. I thought I was dumb, man. I get the, they warmed the thing up, and I'm like, how did I get myself into this? Like, I don't want to do this, you know? And my old man was out there, and basically he was like, I, could, I was like, I got to stand on the pedal once. I can't, like, buck up on I'm not doing this, you know, but it was warming it up and it's jumping off the jack stands. And I'm thinking, this is, this is stupid, you know, <laughs> but so anyway, I get out there, you know, you hear all these stories about being on fire and blowing up and just all these, you know, bad things. So dude, if they, they had the, the safety gear, I had it on. I look like a state puff marshmallow man trying to get in this thing, man. Like I, <laughs> I probably had like two head socks on and two pair of gloves on and yeah. you know, I was like, they're going to set me on fire, you know? And uh, it just, it was one of them things where, like, it's just the fear of the unknown, man, you know. And I was breathing so hard, like, I'd fog my visor up, and they're over the radio, like, go, go. I was like, I can't see, you know. So then you got to flip your visor up, and you're trying to, trying to wipe a little spot so you can see, you know. And finally, I got to where I could see a little bit and went out there and hit the pedal. And, uh, and, you know, it went, and I was like, I can do this, man. I got this. What was I thinking? You know what I mean? But it, it was just, you know, that fear that unknown. Man. It's oh, like yeah. jumping out of a plane first time, man. You're just like, all right, let's do it. You know what I mean? But it's just, you got to get right. there. Yeah, I'll I can see. Jumping I out could... of a plane the second time is still pretty scary. <laughs> I think, I, I, I still don't think about jumping out of a plane. I've only done it once. I'm not going to jump out of a plane. I'll tell you that. Why jump out of a perfectly good airplane, right? Uh, but I really respect what you guys do. It's crazy for you to get in there. And to go as fast as you do in four seconds. I mean, it's almost like, you know, watching the astronauts as they launch into space, if you think about it. I mean, yeah. the Well, geez. I mean, it's, it's obviously defined a lot of things. I mean, we're trying to do things with those cars that are probably not meant to be done, you know. But um, it just blows me away. It's an aluminum block and, you know, aluminum parts and pieces. And it's the same old, old design as that 426 Hemi, man. It's all based off of that. You, you call it whatever you want, put whatever sticker you want on it, but it's a Hemi in there. And... And it's just, it's from the design way, way back when, man. And it's still making 11,000 horsepower now. I mean, obviously yeah. we've got stuff wicked up in there and, and, uh, you know, we're, we're spinning them blowers and, you know, making big compression and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, you just like, you see it come apart and you see it go back together and you, you go down the track at 338 miles an hour and you're like, damn, that's, that's wild. You know what I mean? But it just, it's, it's incredible to, to how your mind compensates for it. Like, you know, the first couple of times I ever got in one. Uh, you know, I, I had I bought Tim Wilkerson's car, and he threw in three runs to get my license, and so I had to make three three pulls, and the, and the last one was a full pull, and, and to get my license, and basically didn't have any other money to to make any more runs, you know, because it's like five seven grand a run, you know, so I kind of had to make a count, and um, rolled out through there, and man, I I, I hit the pedal, and and the, my last run I had to make, go to the end, you know, and back then it was quarter mile, and. I was behind the car. It looked like a snake going down through there. I was so far behind it, you know, because I just wasn't used to going that fast. And and uh, I got to the other end, and the safety guys come over, and they said, you good? You don't fire anything? You know, I was like, you tell me, man. I don't know how I got here, you know. <laughs> and uh, it's just one of them deals you kind of like, you know, and I come back, and I got it to the end. I got my license, and, uh, and I, was, I thought I'd get a high five from Wilkerson. And he was like, don't ever do that again, dude. Like, you were way behind that car, you know. But but it was just – it's a learning curve in them, and uh, – you know, when you when you you start doing it, after a while, your mind slows it down. I don't know if you've ever been in a wreck or anything, but that's kind of what it's like when when you're running these cars. They're they're so fast, but your mind compensates for it, and you can start picking out where you're at. You can hear each cylinder fire. You can hear the clutch come to it. You you know, and what's crazy is when you're getting beat, you're like looking over, like, damn, I'm getting beat. You know, but it's <laughs> yeah. it's not. You know, I mean, it's just, but it's all happening in under four seconds. You know, so it's. Your mind is a, is a pretty cool thing. Thank you, Matt, so much for being on stage. Thank you, Matt. Thank you so much. It's always a pleasure to have you on. Thank you, guys. We got some friends of yours. Oh, man, we do have some friends of mine coming up here. We got a couple guys that like to go sideways.
you quite know, a bit. Yeah, loud, smoky, and sideways. Loud, smoky, and sideways. And they like to have fun doing it. At least that's what it says on his big face across the okay. front of the convention center. Vaughn Gittin Jr. Vaughn Gittin Jr. And Chelsea Denofa. All right, it's the right it's, on. It's the bro stings. Good you. All right. How, How are, are you guys? Man? Come on, Gentlemen, down. Gentlemen, 2017. What a pleasant surprise to see you guys. Really? Yeah, I'm excited to see you. We every, love every seeing year, you. I'm just happy to see you guys. Hey, how does it feel to have your face <laughs> that big on the front of the convention center? You yeah. know, I wasn't aware when I approved the poster. I really didn't know what it was doing, and then I showed up here. I'm like, oh, that's that's absurd, but uh, <laughs> I'm cool with it. Are you, are you going to take it home after this is over? I was trying to figure out where it would fit. I would like. I think it would wrap like two and a half of the walls of my garage. So I don't know, you know, what to do with it. I don't, you know, I don't have a building to hang it on or anything like that. So I don't know what Ford will do with it. You want it? I, I well, you know, I am a big fan <laughs> of yours. Um, and if you're willing to sign it and roll it up, I can probably take it home. It if probably it, takes a truck to haul it. It though. probably you, does. You need it to sign it enough. with a really big sharpie. Yeah. No, I, I think uh, we'll see. Maybe. Now, Chelsea, you really made it interesting this year with the whole the, the whole Brostank deal going on out there, and you were tearing it up, brother. I mean, hats off to you, man, to come in, and you're just killing it. I mean, Vaughn told us the story. I don't know. You weren't around, but he says, this guy comes up to me at one of my races says, I'm going to I'm gonna drive for you. And uh, you remember you telling us that yeah. story? And, yeah. uh, and now here you guys are sitting together. Um, you know, tell us about that. Tell us about that relationship. Yeah, it's been pretty wild. It was an awesome season last year. I'm completely stoked on everything that happened. Uh, and I did. I did walk into the trailer and say, hey, if there's a second car rolling out of this trailer next year, I'm driving it. <laughs> so whatever we got to do, you know, I'll sweep the floors if I have to. You know? well, no, but it's proof to everybody out there, if you don't ask, you don't get. Yes. I didn't ask him. So you did, and you got the, you got the, you got the keys to the yeah, car. Yeah, the keys if to there's the, a key or the best a switch program or whatever. possible. Yeah. So how are the Mustangs doing? Uh, they're, they're amazing. You know, we had a, a great year this year. We, we moved over to a new engine program uh, for performance in Roush Yates, built us uh, some new motors. This sport is just nuts, the progression and the horsepower needed and the amount of grip we're generating. You know, people are like grip and drifting, but uh, I don't know if you've seen, but our cars pull the corner up off the ground, you know. So, we're you know, we're on three wheels more than we are four. But um, so it was quite a, a learning curve with that motor adjustment. Um, you know, Chelsea has had it the worst um, because he's had to go through like this gnarly learning curve, the way that we do things versus the way he's been doing things for 10 years. Um, but, you know, you saw it come to life about midseason when we battled in Seattle and he whooped me, you know. Yeah. So, uh, you know, for me, you know, I don't ever want to lose. I definitely don't want to lose to him. Right, yeah, definitely. I, you know, I'm the guy. You know, I'm the, I'm the Mustang guy. You but are. For me, it was validation of what we were doing. I was so pumped and happy. It was the happiest I ever been to lose a battle in my life. Well, yeah, because um, you're you're losing to a teammate, and it's kind of cool because it's your team, Vaughn. So that's really cool. Yeah, it, it, it's cool, and there's a lot of really cool things that I've, as a team owner, um, and a teammate that I've enjoyed that I didn't even expect. You know, it was it was, um, you know business reasons and and other reasons why we wanted to have a second car you know we're wanting to get that manufacturer's championship for ford as well but um you know it it there's so many other rewarding things that you don't think about you know just the feeling good seeing someone like him who's worked so hard be committed and adapt and implement the things that that we know and uh and see him start to be successful with it so next year is just looking to be a two-car championship effort uh, Man, just because he's jumped it so quick. I'm, uh, I'm waiting for that day. I want to see you both going head-to-head -head in the finals, man. Because that's it, man. That would be I, sick. I, that's that would be, be awesome. Sick. And be I know best. it's going to happen. I mean, you're hanging 100%. it all out there, brother. I, I, I love the way you drive. Both <laughs> thank of you. you. Thank you know, thank I've you. always been a fan of Vaughn. But, man, you're bringing it to a new level. I love it. Vaughn Getting Jr., Formula Drift. Go out there and take a ride with him hey, out in the car. Thank you all. Appreciate the love, Seema. Uh, thanks for hanging out with Pennzoil. Yeah, this guy is the best fun have I've guys. ever met. Thank you so much, Vaughn. Chelsea, continue doing what you're doing, brother. I will. Don't doubt it. All right. See you, bud. You got it. Ladies and gentlemen, NASCAR champion, Joey Lago. You. Yeah. Hey, there Joey. How are you, How are you my friend? Have a seat, awesome. buddy. Come on and have a seat. Man, I would love to have a seat. I've been walking around this show all day, and my legs are... I'm sure everybody else is... Do you have comfortable shoes? Is that shoes. legs killing you? Man. 
<laughs> I feel like someone would make a lot of money if they can sell like those like soles that you can put like some softer soles in your shoes. The gel inserts. Man, yeah. yeah. You might you be, be on. You might be so onto something, Joey. Oh, I, I know. I used to set up a booth over there. And yeah, I tell you right? what. <laughs> I have a secret. I bought a brand new pack of socks just for this week because the brand new socks are always the thickest, right? Yeah. So yeah, I've got yeah. brand new socks on every day, and it's almost like uh, good shoes. Just a set of stickers every time you roll out. Absolutely. I, I keep changing <laughs> shoes every day. That's what I do. Yeah. I mean, shoes like that, you should. Well, I mean, hey, this, oh, <laughs> man. He's dissing I'm my shoes. Th these are pretty fast shoes, Joey. They're, they're pretty fashionable. Yeah, they're pretty yes. fashionable. Yes. Are you picking up my shoes, Joey? I, really? I'm sorry. I couldn't, I couldn't control Oh, my myself. goodness. It's, it's, it's a tough crowd up here. No, it's all right. So what is new in the world of Joey Logano? What is new? Well, we got three races to go. Yes, you do. The season's right around the corner here, so uh, that's that's pretty exciting. Um, we got Texas this weekend coming up, uh, so looking to have a good run there. Uh, Martinsville was last weekend. We had a good run going almost to the end. We started first and led some laps, which uh, felt nice, and um, got caught up in one of the crashes at the end, and that sucked. But besides that's, part, that, that's part of racing, right? That's yeah, part of it. So, yeah. uh, you know, we got, like I said, we got three races to try to grab a couple more wins and then get ready for next season. Now, now you're going to be in Dallas at Texas Motor Speedway, right? Yes. Coming up. Now, the track, they changed the elevation. The banking. Yeah, the yes. banking. So yes. how does that affect you as a driver going into this? Because... I, and I'm no, believe me, I'm no expert. I've just watched Days of Thunder like 300 times. <laughs> but other than that, I, I have no idea. Luce is still fast. Yeah, Luce is still <laughs> yeah, fast, right? Still fast. But I know you set up a car going into it based on the track. So how does this affect you when both corners and the banking's different? Yeah, well, it, it's definitely challenging to, to set up a race car for that for a lot of different reasons. Um, you know, for the driver itself, it, it's a challenge because turns three and four has a ton of banking and a lot of grip, and you get to one and two, and it's flat. Uh, so you just build up all this momentum through three and four. You get the turns one and two, and you slide and slide and slide forever. So, um, you know, one part of that that makes it really challenging, though, is that for our race cars, and just like all other race cars, you want to get them as low to the ground as you possibly can. That's where the car makes the most downforce. Um, but so it's one thing doing that in, in turns one and two, but you don't want to hit the racetrack in three and four in the banking, right? The banking forces a lot more load into the race car, uh, and that makes the car hit the racetrack. So, um being able to have a good balance between turns one and two and turns three and four at Texas Motor Speedway is a big challenge for that reason because you just, you, you're you got to compromise. I got married a couple of years ago and I've learned all about this compromise thing. Oh, and tell us more. I just know, I've just, I just know that's what you're supposed to do, believe me. So that's, <laughs> it's very important. And that's what it has to be with our race car this weekend. It's not going to drive the way we want it to in both corners. Um, you know, you may have a corner better than the, one better than the other, and your competitor might be the other way around. So it's, it'd be fun to, to kind of see that and see how the race goes. Nice. You're constantly doing uh, adjustments on the car, obviously. Every time you come in the pits, you're, you're racing and lowering the, the air, the suspension, and, and everything. It's like, is there something that's usually where you focus more when you're, when you're heading out on the track the first time? Do you want it just as tight as possible and loosen up a little bit later? Do you keep it loose and tighten it down? Yeah, well, you know, for us, restarts are the most important part of the race, in my opinion. Uh, that's when you have to be most aggressive. That's when you got to force to make the passes. You, that's when you want your car to handle good. Um, you know, but there is points in the race that we have these long, long runs. Uh, and you want to have a car that can keep that track position that you gained on a restart. So it, it's always a, a, a battle between short run and long run and trying to figure out how to get your car good uh, for both, right? Ultimately, you want to be good all the time, you know, and, and that's the goal, at least. And um, but if you have to lean more towards one, a lot of times I'll lean more towards a short run because a lot of times these races come down to a short run, right? And we've won a lot yeah, of races do. that way. So yeah. You want to be good then, but, uh, you know, I, I am a race car driver and I want everything. <laughs> I want my car yeah. to drive good all the time. Uh, and that's what I have to ask for. That's what my job is. Do you enjoy the commentary side of this? Because I see you do a lot more of that now. I do. I have fun with it. You know, and it's cool that, uh, you know, Fox lets us do a lot of things, uh, you know, for the Xfinity races and go up in the booth and get to talk. And, um, you know, I think it's, it's a neat thing for the fan, you know, and, and I'm all about growing our sport. And, uh, you know, when you can get up there and, and explain to the fan exactly what's going on in the racetrack, because it's so relevant, right, to you. It's, it's you're, you're in the car 
usually about 30 minutes before you're in the booth, right? And, <laughs> right. And you're able to just it really explain what is going on, what that driver's thinking, and what he's trying to do when he passes a car um, or trying to hold off a car or what's going on in the racetrack. And that's it's a neat thing that our sport lets us do that because what other sports like that, right? What other sport does an athlete that is still in the sport no. get to go – commentate about about a race and that's uh it's neat that our sport does no that. the rest of them are usually retired when they right. get to exactly, go do that right, yeah right yeah. and then the more you're out of a race car the, the more removed you are basically from, from what's going changes. on in the racetrack. it changes so quick yeah. and that's i mean our sport i mean just all the cars you can look around this place look at the technology in this place it's, it's amazing yeah. um you know and and you know the the cool thing about you know we're sitting here at, at, at the Pennsylvania stage right and yes um you know for us that's a huge huge part of our race cars making speed reliability as well but also a lot of speed right we, we talk about horsepower obviously oil makes a lot of horsepower um and having the right kind in there but the temperature is, is the part that we really really fight for inside of a, a, a nascar race car is you know we want to run as much tape on the grill as we can. The more tape we run, the more downforce we make. Well, the more tape you run on the grill, the, the hotter it gets. Runs. Yeah, right. You know, so we have to have that development cycle and and, and being able to um, have that that um, protection that allows us to run that hot and also the power that we want as well. So, um, like I said, I'm a race car driver and I want it all. Right. So I hear you. I want downforce. Well, I want temperature. I want horsepower. I want it all because that's how you win. You have to win that way. That's going to wrap up our second episode from mine and Jeff's adventures at the Shell Pioneering Performance Live Stage at SEMA 2017 in Las Vegas. But if you think that's all of it, it's not. Not even close. In fact, we've got two more episodes of Skid Mark Show coming your way very soon with more interviews, more celebrities, and more huge names from SEMA in Las Vegas. It's just never ending, and we're happy that we can bring it to you. We are so happy that you guys join us every time we launch a new episode of Skid Mark Show. Of course, thank Thanks to our friends and our family, our partners in Pennzoil and the entire Shell family. And we've got more awesomeness coming your way from SEMA very soon. You can download us, of course, on iTunes, Podbean, SoundCloud, CastBox, SkidmarkShow.com, and follow us on our social media channels, including Instagram and Facebook. And we'll talk to you guys again very soon on Skidmark Show. Powered by Pizza.